guys. Welcome to Home with Havila Podcast. I'm Havila Kennington, your host. Welcome to a brand new year. I know last week was our official first podcast of 2022, but this whole month we're going to talk about fresh starts, fresh focus, and just clarity for this next year. I mean, how many of you would have thought we'd be in 2022? 2020 was pretty bad. 2021 was even a little more worse. And somebody said, can I see the the small writing of 2022 before I sign up to be there? It does have that sense that there's like, we don't really know what's coming. But one thing I know is if you give your energy to your story, what God has on your life, and you don't get consumed with the worries and the fears of an entire community, but to actually just help the one in front of you, life gets way easier and things get less complicated. And so this month we decided to talk about focus. You guys heard Sean talk about the focus course and the academy and that's already going on and I hope a few of you were able to join that. That was a time sensitive invitation. But I also invited some of the people that I love and respect that when I think about focus and strategy and being strategic, well, there's a short list of people that I love that are in my everyday life. Listen, I can see somebody on Instagram and think they live a focused life. I have no idea. I mean, anybody can look focused, fit, <laughs> healthy. Um, that's why we go, oh, they're having a great life. They're a great marriage. And the next month you find out they're not married anymore. It, it's We can present. But when we're in each other's lives, we get to watch each other develop and grow. My respect grows way more for the people that I do life with um, because I see them. And uh, my brother-in-law, Daniel Giles, is one of those men that I have really grown up with. I mean, really, we've been friends for almost 20 years. He married my sister 16 years ago, dated her uh, for a couple years, year and a half. We'll talk about that. And then I watched Daniel come all the way to another country and really had a pretty successful, it's been a pretty successful story. It wasn't always like that. There were definitely ups and downs, which we'll talk about. But today, I wanted to introduce you to my brother-in-law, Daniel Giles. And yes, he's from England. Don't even try guessing the accent. That's where he's from. Daniel, thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, hello. Have a <laughs> happy new year to you. Thank you. Hey, you know, I've never had you on the podcast. It's I know, funny. I I had your wife, my sister, this well, last you month. you kind of have to do that first. I kind of do. Know, I, I do. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I would never it. live it down. <laughs> <laughs> Nor would I. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Daniel knows the real story of our lives, and it's really cool. My sister moved to England. Um, God really put it on her heart to live there, and she did not go to England looking for a spouse. Yes, she did. Well, maybe a little. (laughs) That's right. But she calls Daniel her big souvenir, and um, how many years ago was that? Man, now you're putting me on the spot. That was 2003. So 2003, she came over. Yes, she did. So how many years is that? That's oh, like I mean, we're almost, yeah. We're, we're very, wow. It's been Crazy. a while. It's Amazing. weird when you start saying decades know, or like I'm 20 like, years which ago. Which decade are we talking about? <laughs> I know. So you came over, married my sister, um, and really didn't have family here or even friends apart from our little new right. family. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of wild. How old were you when you did that? I was 20. You were 20 when you moved countries. Yes, 20 years old. And I look at some 20-year-olds now and I'm thinking, they're still living with their mom, you know? <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I can't imagine you moving to another country. No. But it was wild. I can't believe. Looking back, I don't understand 
how that was possible and how that happened, but it happened. And yeah, it was pretty wild. Were you adventurous growing up or? Yeah, I was always, I moved, I moved out of my home when I was 18 and went and did an internship. So that's where I met Deborah. Yeah. So I was very independent and liked freedom and all those things, but never did I know I'd moved to the United States of America. Every Americans ask me all the time, was it your dream to move here? And I said, no. And they look at me like, I'm a weirdo for not having that as a dream. Just just flash, news flash. Not not everyone around the world has a dream to move here. I know, I know. Americans have American. no concept for I, that. <laughs> just letting you know. Yeah, we think know. we're God's chosen people. I mean, yeah, it's I, really, we I have know, to really, I, I mean, and when you go other places in the world, they're not enamored by us. Like we think the world is enamored by us. And then you get there and you realize they're like, no, we really don't like you that much. <laughs> no, we do like you. We do like you. So you came over 20 years old, married my sister, had a degree in art. Yes. Right. So yes. and came from an educated family, pastoral yeah. and an academic uh, or teacher, I should say. Yeah. And so when you came over here, did you know what you were going to do with your life or was it you were just kind of up for anything? You know what? That's funny you would ask that because we didn't thinking about it now. We didn't really have a plan. <laughs> so <laughs> if I was to coach my old self, I'd say, what What do you think you were doing? Coming over here with no real plan for a job or anything like that. But what I did have is I was willing to do jump into anything just to make ends meet and just to do whatever was in front of me so I wasn't being picky about what I was going to do I just knew that I was going on this adventure and we would figure it out as we went along and you did did. um and you know it's funny love love's a funny thing it really makes us jump off cliffs for each other I know so tell everybody a little bit of your history like I don't want to give give it away too much but how you started doing your job and where you kind of that led you in the last 15 years yeah how long do you have a long time (laughs) (laughs) I'll try and make it short and sweet so Yeah, as you said, I moved over here and really didn't have a massive plan, but knew that God had called me to marry your sister. I mean, someone had to, right? right. No. <laughs> We're <laughs> very grateful. You, I hope you're not listening, Deborah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so, actually, you're a big part of that. You told her, you told her we needed to get together, or you were gonna do something. Anyway, <laughs> so um, I'm glad you came over to England to yes. push push that along a little yes. bit. Yes, she didn't know if she should say anything because she's I a know. little bit older than Dan. And I said, come on, you got nothing to lose. You're across the world. This guy is awesome. And I, my sister was picky. Oh, so yeah. the fact that she found somebody that she really liked, I was like, you better do it. You're getting old. Your eggs yeah. are getting old. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> eggs are getting old. There you go. Um, so yeah, a little bit back background i um i jumped actually into starbucks i i was working at starbucks i was a youth pastor over in the uk uh for soul survivor i don't know if you've heard of them but a great church over there and so i was working at starbucks um part-time and i didn't have a plan on doing that here and but it came up an opportunity came up and they hired me right away knowing my experience and had me running stores um over here in the sacramento area and so here i was rocked up 21 2021 running starbucks stores and i you know it was amazing it was fun but it was not you know it was hard as well i was thinking why did i move i didn't move around the world to serve people coffee but (laughs) the silver lining was that i got to meet a lot of people and actually i mean starbucks is kind of like this is if you want to talk about american culture that is american culture right there you right and so i got to be immersed in that and then that kind of that kind of we started having kids and it was just craziness we had three kids by the time we were what was it 25 maybe yeah, I yeah. Mean, we didn't we didn't wait around <laughs> 
Deborah was very impatient. <laughs> <laughs> and so just just got um, just got immersed into that world. And then I moved on to Apple and worked for Apple for a little while. So I've worked for some amazing companies, got to experience some amazing um, uh, just the way cultural corporate cultures and things like that and training and really just grew up with those companies mm-hmm. and they really shaped who I am. Not that companies shape people, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's, um, and then, yeah, I can keep going. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> then um, in my church, there was another Brit and he said to me one day, he said, hey, uh, you want to come flog some motors? And uh, <laughs> I said, you know what? I said, thanks very much. I was very kind of hoity-toity, like I'm good. I'm working for Apple. I don't need, I don't want to go and sell cars. I didn't want to have to go get my... Uh, gold chain and um, <laughs> you know and all that stuff and and work on my sleeves no I'm yeah. sorry if you sell <laughs> selling cars is actually a great fun but <laughs> I ended up doing that and did that for eight years which was just great so what what just what happened to have like, I did have this heart when I moved here to jump into ministry all yeah. I wanted to do was ministry because that's what I'd done I felt God had called me I mean I don't know if anyone listening remembers you know delirious live mm, in totally, the can best totally. album ever right? yes best ever and it was like <laughs> we're gonna be history makers right and there was definitely this sense that um, I think that generation the way I perceived it and it's probably my fault but it's like the only way to change the world is to be a ministry mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what that's the psyche I had and soon realized that every time I tried to push into going into what we call church ministry or within the four walls of the church, those doors weren't opening. But any time I was in the marketplace, doors would fling wide and there'd be so much opportunity. So I kind of fought God on this for quite a few years and just wasn't sat. But finally realized, oh, OK, there's, I'm following the favor here. I'm following. God keeps opening these doors, but shutting these doors. I guess I better pay attention. It, it took me a little while to pay attention. Yeah. It does. I think we have those preconceived ideas. It's almost like sometimes I think it's the reason we don't marry a specific kind of person or it takes us a while to unpack our ideas and then go, oh, this is what God has. But what you guys don't know as listeners is that Daniel literally went into Starbucks and went to the top of what he really could do in that season and then went to Apple and became immediately in leadership and strategy and then turned around and was headhunted for this car dealer. But you have to understand it was a luxury car um, dealership and he ended up, you ended up running. Yeah. The store, multiple yeah. stores. Yeah, so there's a, a local um, family-owned dealership group in our town and um, ended up just, again, favor is what I'd put it as, but just working hard and started at the bottom, selling cars, you know, uh, pounding the pavement, as they call it, and um, really ended up in the corner office, you know, running running dealerships and running multiple dealerships at the same time. So it was just a, an amazing blessing, constantly getting comments like, wow, you're really young to be doing this. and But, um, yeah, just... It wasn't just favor, but a lot of hard work, a lot of grit, a lot of focus. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, a lot of commitment and decision making. So. And that's why I want to, that's why I want to talk to you. Like yeah. you kind of just let us there because. You're welcome. Yeah, no. you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Good Spirit segue, right? Yeah. Perfect segue. <laughs> uh, because I know there's a lot of people, you know, someone said it's been like a puzzle pieces, like yeah. COVID has made everybody's life different, whether it was they moved areas they moved churches they moved mm. like location they moved homes maybe they moved marriages i don't know but <laughs> there's been a lot of pieces yeah. that have moved and there are some of i believe our listeners 
that are in a season of transition and they are starting new, whether they're starting new at a church, whether they're starting new at a business, or maybe they're entrepreneurial. And see, Mm. what you guys don't know is that Daniel ended up leaving the car dealership Mm. um, and management and GM management, and he ended up going into Deborah, my sister, her business that she had joined, and now they run a massive team. Like, I know that I I tried to get her to put the numbers, and she's like, Havala, we're not even supposed to really tell all the numbers, so I'm not even going (laughs) to go that direction. But they run an incredible team and, and have transformed so many people's lives by this incredible business that they both participate in. But what you don't know is that some of the key people they work with are Bible-believing, God-loving, fierce men and women mm. that they get to change the world with yeah. by having uh, being in rooms that most people aren't invited into, but also having the resources to transform communities. And so I get excited about that. I, I'm Obviously, I'm in a platform ministry world, mm. but I know if you are in a platform ministry world, you guys know we are nothing without the, our marketplace ministers happening and showing up and helping us understand the heartbeat of the world around us. So anyway, Daniel started out, I'm just curious, I have a couple questions. Yeah, yeah. So when you started working, um, if you were starting fresh, right. you had to be focused. Yes. So I'm sure you felt probably a little chaotic, like, okay, did you set out to succeed in every environment or did you? was it kind of a surprise? Yes, I honestly I did, and I didn't know it at the time. But honestly, our conversations over the last few years with the Enneagram, yes, well, shout out to Enneagram, <laughs> that has actually been a, an amazing tool to help me understand myself and others. But understanding that I have um, an Enneagram three as part of my as part of my DNA is really helpful to understand. Oh, I actually have wanting I've been wanting to achieve ever since I was a kid, and I didn't realize it at the time, even as a kid. I love recognition, I loved achievement, whether it was me painting a painting and everyone loving it. Um, I realized I, I went after that, and um, even to this day, I still want to be. Now I'm competitive, but I'm not outwardly. Um, yeah, you would never know that. No, you're not. I'm extremely competitive with myself, <laughs> probably with myself to be the best that I can. And so, yes, I would go into those things wanting to go. I want to be at the top of this. I one day I'll either run this place, or I'll have the biggest business, or I'll. I want to. I want to. Um, I want to do what I can to be the most successful. Yeah. So, what was your top? key to staying focused what did what's the thing that you look back and you realize i did this in every company every environment that i went into i can now draw i can follow the cord and see it yeah you know i I was thinking about that i think it actually starts being really practical here when you interview for something it's really important that you know the vision of the person who's interviewing you um I've interviewed thousands of people for different jobs. I was a hiring manager for you know for these companies that we talked about, and it baffled me that people come to an interview. And here's just a quick tip: mm-hmm. free stuff. I won't charge you. <laughs> That's right. People come to an interview and not ask a single question. Really, your job when you're looking for a job is to go interview um, the person that you want to get hired by and see if they're a good fit for you. Are they a good fit for your vision for your life? Is it going to fit with where you want to go and the amount of money you want to make and the blessing you want to bring to your family and your community? it shocked me that people didn't even ask me a question. And so I wouldn't hire those people. So what I did to answer your first question is to know, if you know the vision of your boss or the company that you're working for, now you know how to maximize that vision. If you can help them increase their goals. So if you know their goal is to make X amount of dollars, bring in X amount of clients, customers, revenue, whatever it is, you need to know that so you know how much you can contribute and help control that. And so really being really laser focused on the vision and the goals of your ministry or the 
or the business that you're working for and then and then backing yourself and reverse engineering yourself into that so that could look like if the business needs to make a million dollars in a year okay i know i need to make x amount per month and this is the action that i need to do to help reduce that and then one of the things is letting your boss or your leader know what you plan on doing letting them know okay is this is what you want me to do um, so yeah, I've got, I could keep going, but there's a lot of tips. Oh, I, I have. love that because I, I don't, I mean, there's very few people I've interviewed a lot of people as well. Yeah. And when they, when they have, a, they understand the story, right. it's very powerful, but yeah. I, I've rarely had anybody on my team say, so is this exactly what you would look like a yeah. success? Yeah. Nobody asked that question and yeah. it's really profound. We get caught up in wondering. Yeah. So when you were clear, um, you started to focus, what were some other things you did that helped you stay focused? Yeah. I think a lot of, um, you know, we talk a lot about metrics and, you know, and achievement and being successful. But my favorite Jim Rohn quote is you got to work harder on yourself than you do on the job, meaning you've got to actually work hard on your own education. And that doesn't just mean book education. That means self-development. That means self-awareness, emotional intelligence. If you are in a job or a career or a ministry or you're a parent, husband or wife, and maybe it's not going so well. The best thing that you can do is take a look at yourself and go, mm. what can I improve on? Asking for feedback, reading books, emotional intelligence, strength finders, Enneagram, all these kind of things. You might chalk it up as self-help, but you know what? The, the, it's self-awareness. Like yeah, if you, the, yeah. the most successful people are really aware of their strengths and weaknesses. And there's so many people who are kind of lost. They're not even aware of who they are. They haven't ever taken a look in the mirror. So really being clear on who you are, what you're good at, and then communicating that to your boss, letting them know your strengths at an interview or early on and letting them know what you're working on um, is really good. So, I love that. Yeah. Brilliant. And I, I would say the same thing, like as you're saying, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because people just have, they don't understand how people see them. Right. I mean, you really think I'm outgoing. You're like, you're not outgoing. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm disciplined. No, you're not disciplined. Now you might be working towards that, but I always say like your boss isn't your mom. She's right. not going to love you like that. You've right. got to show up and develop. Yeah. And if you don't, I feel like it's that seriousness of, um, of knowing like, okay, this, I've got to get good at this because one day I might doing, be doing it myself. I might be running this myself. So I'm yeah. curious as you started to go into environments, how did you win people over? Cause I know you, I know that every single team that you were a part of. I mean, I would go into your work, you know, Deborah and I would bring our strollers and yeah. all of our kids. We had seven yeah. kids together. We were like breeding machines. <laughs> yeah. And we would come into, you know, Starbucks or we'd go into the Apple store. We'd land at your, at your um, car store. And you were like love. Like before we even saw you, people were like, oh, we love Daniel. Daniel's my best friend. And Deborah and I would laugh. Like, I don't even think he knows who he is, but everyone <laughs> thought. So was that is that a natural gift or did you actually try to work on winning people over? Um, I think it's partly natural. I'm a people person. I love people. Um, I like to find out what makes people tick. But a strategy for being successful in business or whatever environment you're in is to um, really get to know people around you. People is what makes a company or a ministry or anything tick. And so, especially if you're leading those people, I made it my, when I, any time I walked into a, new environment where I was leading people, I wanted to know about every single person. And it didn't matter about so much about the goals, but if I knew what made them tick and if I knew them and I knew about them and knew something about them, whether it was, you know, a single mom who had to, who was struggling with something or, 
you know, someone who's lost somebody, but really as leaders knowing these things, it really helps you lead them because that that way it's a lot easier to lead them if you you know, if you're trying to coach somebody but they've just had a horrible morning yeah. and you didn't know that, it's gonna be a lot harder just knowing what's going on. So yeah, I made it a goal to really um, go after getting to know people and you know really the key to success is building others up and that mm. will that will help you grow work yourself out of a job help promote people yeah uh, uplift people around you it's not a competition it's not a um it's you know raising up leaders and raising up and giving people skills and giving them an opportunity yeah it could be scary because you think oh they could take my mm-hmm. job but good you know work yourself out of a job right uh, it could be a bench you know create a massive bench for whatever company or um business that you're in create new leaders so so looking back at yourself as a 20 year old and Mm. going through these different things what would you have told yourself going back to that guy that just came to america and is working and what was the thing that you would say oh i just i wish i would have known this yeah it's um i would say be patient um, I see, be patient with yourself. I think at the time I was, I was, even though I was consistent in those, you know, I wasn't hopping around jobs and things like that, but I see it, but there was this anxiety going on. Like, am I in the right place? Am I in the right place? Am I in the right place? Constantly asking yeah. myself, is this what I should be doing? And that's really stressful. I think you really have to go, okay, this is where God has planted me and I'm going to work harder than the expectation here. And I work for the glory of him, not mm-hmm. for my boss. So I'm actually going to work harder um, to make God look good, yeah. and that will help bless me as well. And so um, I would say to anyone, you know, anyone, uh, what I'd say to my twenty-year-old self is be patient and mm. know that God's God's got it all figured out. And to know, to think, you know, any time I was doing any of those jobs, I was thinking, what the heck am I doing here? Why am I serving yeah. coffee? Why am I selling cars? Why am I helping people in their health currently? And you could laugh at that, or I sometimes laugh at the, those things like, what am I doing? <laughs> what, what? Usually I'm saying, what am I doing? And that's exactly where God has me. Yeah. And so. it's funny how it all merges together. Like you right. think you're learning this skill, but then you watch, oh my gosh, I've been using that skill my yes. whole life. Yes. And I've just learned to be really good at that. Like I was, I was convincing yes. as, a, as a high schooler. And now yes. I've, and I did it in high school, not for good reasons. And then I did it. Now I convince thousands of people. So yes. that that gift was there. So don't, um, don't write off. The, don't you know, write the, it off. Days of small beginnings, right? All the things, like you said, all those t- years and of, of even just doing things. I didn't understand why I wouldn't be where I am today without those. You can't fast forward your life. You can, there's no shortcuts. I love that. There are really aren't. So you have to be consistent in what you're doing and know that if you um, glorify God where you work and work hard and um, uh, you will be promoted, whether that's in the spirit or financially or whatever it is. So you, yeah. you will be promoted. You'll, and you'll be honored. Yeah. Do you, would you say, what's the one thing that you would tell you that you would never do again? Like, was there anything in your, in your journey where you thought, I'll just, I, that was wrong. I, sh- I would never have done that again. I don't know if it's something that somebody asked you to do or mm. something that you just look back and go that I, I just tell myself if I ever was had to do that again, I would never do it. Man, that's a really that, that's good not question. legal. That's not illegal. But like, you know, if there's something that <laughs> you showed up where you not, think, yeah. like, gosh, I I made a decision that I was not going to do that, and it was probably pretty popular in the environments you were in. But you thought I'm not I'm not going to do this, or or maybe you did it and you thought I won't. But was there a line of integrity that you had to live with? Yeah. In the middle of it all. Yeah. There was a job in there where it's a really toxic leadership environment. 
and I probably stayed there too long. Mm. Um, and so just understanding, um, I think I'm a very loyal person, you know, partly culturally growing up, you know, you're told you just stick with what you do and you just, and there are times to get through it, but you do need to know when, when is enough. And so if you're in an environment where you're either being abused, bullied yeah. As, yeah. A, as an employee or, or part of the leadership, or you have a, a boss or a leader who's literally verbally abusing you, which has happened to me before, um, I would go, well, I'm just going to stick it out. I'm just going to like hunker down. And, and there are times where God will ask you to stay, but there are t- God, a, a counselor once said to me, um, uh, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to move on. It's okay to say no. And like really understanding those boundaries. Yeah. I didn't have boundaries and partly being an Enneagram too, where I'll just stay wherever for too long maybe. And so learning to move on maybe a little sooner and not have, you don't have to live through hell. Um, but it's hard because at the same yeah. time, sometimes we need some of that. We need to go through the battle to really be strong at the same time. But really understanding the difference between an abusive, toxic situation yes. and knowing when this, when I can handle what well, God's going to give you what you need to get through it. Yeah, so. like you're saying, I stayed too long. I knew yeah. that, okay, that's my propensity. Some people that you guys are listening to this, you don't stay long enough. Yes. So you're always starting fresh every year. I got yeah. a new job and a new position. And I want to say to you, you have, you have no longevity in you i mean most of us i cleaned houses for eight for six years i was a you know a worship pastor for eight years all before i did everything i'm doing like just the end every day doing the same exact thing so let me ask you this question um what do you think now having worked with all these people in all these places what do people miss the most that you're like this is like honestly if i could have a gut honest conversation with some with with a man or woman doesn't matter who it is Mm. but you would just say like we're missing this point if you would just get this it would change your whole life change my life dan just (laughs) by one (laughs) okay i'm conjuring up the most amazing thing i've ever said okay no pressure no pressure um like if we were having coffee and i was like dan give it to me what do people miss that they're just it's ridiculous yeah Uh, my favorite another favorite quote and i'll uh, this comes to mind successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do Mm. and don't wish it were easier wish you were better and i think that um can you say that again i don't know if you can read that again because i think that's profound yeah successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do don't wish it were easier so don't wish your job or your life or your marriage or whatever your church was easier wish you were better and i think that goes back to working harder on yourself and not just expecting everybody else around you to serve up your life on a platter. No one's gonna ask you to go to the gym. No one's gonna say you don't need to be eating that. Maybe your wife might. Uh, maybe um, no one's going to ask you. You, you are in control. Yes. I mean, obviously God's in control, but you are in yep. control of your destiny. That's and right. you get to determine a lot of that. You get to help write that script with God. I don't believe that he controls it all. I think he gives us plenty of choice mm-hmm. and He gets. we get to figure out, just like we're parents, we notice our kids, we reward our kids who work hard. We reward our kids who show up and be kind and are, have good manners and all those things. In the same way, I think God honors hard work. He honors grit. And that's that's something we don't see. People, mm-hmm. you know, so for example, successful people doing what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. That means very practically, that means if your job description is to do A, B, and C, do A, B, C, D, and E. Do the extra without being asked. And so often these days, mm-hmm. I had more conversations with, you know, people like, well, that's not on my job description. Or could you do this? Well, that's not what I was hired for. Well, this is what the business or the company or the ministry needs at this minute. I understand it's not, but if they would just, man, I felt like saying to them, and I did at some points, 
wow, if you'd have just actually done those things of yeah. your own volition and not had me ask you, I probably would promote you because right. I see, I see, I see an intention to succeed and help others around you and a heart to help this mission move forward. Not, it's not about you. And so I would constantly be finding ways to do things that I wasn't asked to do. And again, free tip, if you want to go far in a business or in a, you're like, oh man, I wish I would get promoted in 2022. I wish my boss would see me. Well, ask yourself, are you doing more than is required? Are you wow. showing up early? Are you staying late? Are you, uh, or are you constantly asking for time off, constantly asking for um, things that would suit you, right? So I think there's a balance of obviously not being abused by... <laughs> whatever it is but and having a work-life balance i'm not telling you to right. be a workaholic that's not what i'm saying mm -mm. i'm just saying be really smart with your time and how can you use the time that god has given you to bless other people whether it's your boss or the ministry or the church that you're part of i love that i love that um do do beyond your job description okay i have two questions and yeah. we'll end but um one of the questions that i have for you is what are you well first of all mm. if you're in a position where you feel like you're not like your integrity, your faith is being challenged. Like mm. I'm in a position where my boss is asking me to do something dishonest or, you know, how do people know? Cause you've been in a lot yeah. of environments where people oh, yeah. weren't safe, you know, delivered oh, yeah. and you know, they were in a totally different world. So how did you manage your own faith yeah. and lead your own faith without having to almost like destroy the environment or your relationship with them? how did you do that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I can think of times where, um, you know, even in the car business, I mean, it's already got a reputation, right? For being <laughs> <laughs> and so there were times where it was like, hey, you know, when I was learning, go and tell the, go tell the client this or go tell the customer this. And I just, there were times where I just had to stand up for what I believe and didn't believe that was right or I didn't, you know, and I just didn't do it. And I just had to trust God that he would cover me. He would cover my back. I think also getting counsel as well from mm. your, you know, your family and your pastor and your friends. Like, is this something I should be doing? Um, does it line up with my values? And sometimes there's going to be times where, you know, you're, I don't want to get into a, you know, this could, is a bit of a minefield <laughs> here, but there might be things you hire, you knew going into the job, this is what the job is required, or this is what was, so mm -hmm. you kind of knew, so that's, you can't, you may not be able to say, I'm not doing that. You already knew that was required, but if you didn't know something was required and it could affect your integrity or, or whatever, I think it's worth a conversation. You know, there were times, for example, yeah. I was asked to work on Sundays and I said, hey, it's really important to me, a value that I get to go to church with my yeah. family. And we worked it out. I think having adult conversations with adults and just coming with your requests and, yeah. and asking is okay rather than, you know, um, putting up these fights right away, but actually coming in and um, making your requests known and seeing what can be done. I love so. that. You know, like that quote, be so good they can't ignore you. Yeah. It's like if you followed your first step, which was do more than what you're asked to do, show up longer, work harder. Yeah. When you when you do put a boundary up, they're yeah. going to say like, oh, yes. no, you have done you, but you. You're my yes. favorite employee. Yes. Sure. Yes. There's a little bit more respect. If you have no respect and you're demanding respect, you're not going to get it. And when I was leading employees or people, you know, and they would come request and they did, they were the least hardworking people. It was very hard for me to honor their request, whatever it was. But totally. if there were people who brought added value to the company and the mission and added so much value that it was like, well, yeah, you've, you've, you've done more than enough. I would love to help you with your request. Right? I love that. So I think Absolutely. Good. I always think the reason places have rules or standards or boundaries is because somebody 
didn't honor the right. time, the, what was expected of them. And so yeah. now I have to ask you to be in your seat at eight o'clock or now I need to ask yes. you to check out because really as an, as a boss and I've been a boss for yeah. years. And so if you, uh, the, you don't want to micromanage anybody. No. You might want to do their life. The last thing I want to do. Uh-huh. But yeah. if you don't show up and all of a sudden you're not following through, then I have to begin to monitor, am I being a good steward of my finances that we're bringing in? Right. And am I being good steward with the person that's doing the job? And that, and overall, the vision will be bigger than a person's circumstances. I'm yes. sorry, yes. but the vision has to go forward. Right. Okay, so here's my last question. Okay. Uh, I know this year is a big year for you. Yeah. What is something that you are looking forward to in this year, 2022? And then what's something you are doing different this year to give you more focus? Yeah. And again, I didn't give him these questions beforehand. No, so. so mean, <laughs> so mean. Um, okay, so my word, I think a lot of people have words for the year is investment. And what that means to me, I kind of ask God, you know, what is my word? Um, and I'm not more spiritual because I have a word. <laughs> but my word is investment. And uh, for me, that means investing in myself. And kind of going back to that quote that, you know, work on your heart, work on yourself harder than you do on the job, meaning I got to work on me. I got to work on my health. Um, we are, Deborah and I are health coaches. And really, I do my best when I'm in structure. Um, when I'm not in structure, I don't do well. So really learning, oh, I don't do well in this mm -hmm. environment. Oh, like what is a healthy environment for you and what environments do you need to be in to give you health? Health is not just about what you put in your mouth. It's your mental health. It's your environmental health. It's all of those things. So one thing I'm going to do this year um, is really, even though I have time freedom now and we are our own bosses, that can be a slippery slope because yeah. you can get lazy with yourself. So one of the things I'm going to be doing is actually putting on the calendar the things that I need to do, not just for other people, but for myself. Wow. So that could be going to the gym, that could be dating my kids, that could be dating my wife, that could be um, times with friends, those kind of things, actually scheduling those things. Because if it's not on the calendar, the likelihood of it happening is very low. So we put on the calendar everything else for everybody else, but yeah, ourselves, we so time true. block our own family time and actually planning those things out. So going to the gym daily, getting movement. I don't go to the gym to lose weight. I go to the gym to get strong and for my own mental yeah. capacity. Yeah, right. So it's scheduling so those things in. Yeah, I so mean, and I know a lot of people are like, you go to the gym to lose it. No, literally, the older you get, the more it's like, I just want to get up and not be in pain. Or I just <laughs> want to go up the hill yeah. and not be winded. I mean, yeah. that's where we end up being. Yeah. But I love the investment. And I love that part. I see you as because I get to work with you in different areas. Yeah. You give 110%. And when you, um, you invest in a lot of people and a lot of things. So I get excited about the fact that you're investing in yourself yeah. even, even more because you've changed so many people's lives. I think when we become become our best selves it's almost like a exponential growth for other people right. like i'm going to be the best version of who god's called me to be and i'm going to love and respect the person god right. created in me and now i'm going to be able to reach more people and do more right and uh, you know when we're not ourselves we don't show up as the best version no. and we don't help a lot of people and then when we're operating out of shame or fear or anxiety and we're thinking why don't i have any impact because you wouldn't even follow yourself. Right. <laughs> it's just right. like that. So yeah. I love that investment. Yeah. And I know for many of you that are listening to this, I know obviously Daniel's easy to like. And I'm sure that you've heard, uh, just hearing him speak was was uh, just like, oh yeah, we like him. This is a good thing. But I want you to know, even in his, um, you know, sharing in his like very kind and clear way, 
you have to understand there's a force behind him. What he says, he lives out, he does. I've watched it for decades. And I'm really excited about all all that's happening with you. And I hope that you guys will look up Deb and Dan. They are part of an incredible company. And um, I know that because I've been in it myself and also had a lot of people that I love and respect that are also helping people through habits of health. So please look them up. Uh, But yeah, this year, I guess my, my thought is, Tell us what the word God's given you, what what word he has given you, and leave it in the show notes or leave it on our socials and tell us what word. Daniel said his is invest, and um, I I love that. So, so give us a word. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. I know it sounds complicated. You guys don't even have to write anything. All you have to do is press the star. Um, and please don't write do it a one unless you are like trying to make a point. But but click that five. Let us know because that gives that puts it in front of a lot more people. And then also you can leave a review for a specific episode. So just so you guys know, if I'm if we're reading through the reviews and you say, I loved the focus course or I love the relationship, then we know, oh good, we'll put out more content to serve you guys and help you. So Make sure you leave that review. Uh, it's going to be a great year. 2022, guys, we're just getting started. Um, I am, I'm excited. I know that we've got some uphill battles, but we were made to do hard things, and we can together as long as we stay together. So, Dan, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Half. <laughs> All right, you guys, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye.